Welcome back to the Mystic Podcast. Today we will be looking at season one, episode five of the Vampire Diaries, and the episode title is "You're Undead to Me." So, in the last episode, we found out at the end that the founding families knew about vampires and the Mystic Falls had a history with vampires. But in this episode, Elena finally figures out what Stefan is, and we kind of end on a cliffhanger. Where she goes to the sourdough house and says, "What are you?" And then the episode ends. So, although we did have Zach's death, rest in peace, I would say that this episode was kind of more of a story development to really kind of build the whole supernatural aspect of this show. You know, we have Elena finding out about Stefan and Bonnie struggling with her powers.、Um, so it's more of a build-up episode, I would say. The first scene of this episode, we see Damon weakened in the cell of the Salvatore house. He has no daylight ring, and between Damon and Stefan's conversation, we find out that it's been three days since the founders' party. We also get an explanation on what happens if vampires don't feed on blood. So this whole process is desiccation, the desiccation of a vampire. So if they don't feed, they grow weaker and weaker, and eventually they can't move or speak. And Stefan says that in a week, their skin will desiccate and they mummify, so they're basically a living corpse. So of course, it really depends on you know the vampire series or books that you're reading. But in the Vampire Diaries, when vampires desiccate, they are technically still conscious. So it's not like they're sleeping and they're dreaming.、Um, they have consciousness, but they can't move or speak, which really sucks. I mean, if you're gonna desiccate, you may as well be sleeping, right? And Stefan's whole plan for Damon is that once Damon's circulation stops and he's a corpse, he plans on moving Damon to the family crypt, and he says he will reevaluate in fifty years. So I guess he's planning on making Damon like、um, think about his actions for fifty years and see if he's changed his mindset, if he's changed his attitude or not, and then see whether he wants to release him. And Um, I calculated. So this series was out in two thousand and nine. So fifty years time would be twenty fifty nine, and I had this sudden realization that we're actually halfway through, nearly halfway through there. It's been fourteen years, you guys, since Vampire Diaries first aired, which is just crazy. Like, I keep feeling like it was only like four or five years ago or something, but it's really been that long. My teenage years are. Really over now. Well, I'm gonna be 25 this year, so yeah, my young adult years are coming to an end. In the Salvatore boarding house, they have these cells. It's like a basement, and it really gets me to question, like, what were they used for?、Um, so yeah, I forgot the whole backstory about the Salvatore boarding house, but I do know from looking at the flashback scenes that their house, the house that Stefan, Stefan and Damon lived in. When they were humans in the eighteen sixties, it was a different house. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, I kind of forgot about、um, the whole backstory and what happened to their original house and everything. So I'll have to research that. So the title credits roll, and we have the scene of Elena waking up. Well, I think nearly every episode has started with Elena waking up, and this beautiful song "Waited Out" by Imogen Heap starts playing. It's such a good song, and I really love the lyrics as well. And Elena is contemplating writing in her diary, and she decides not to. So she goes to use the bathroom. She opens the door and sees Vicky there brushing her teeth, and it's like this awkward moment. And、um, I guess 
in this time span of three days, Vicky and Jeremy are like a thing now, like they're dating. So Elena goes downstairs, Jenna is in the kitchen, Elena asks Jenna if she knew about what's going on up there. And Jenna says, well, he could have been craftier about it. So I guess from Jenna's point of view, she would prefer Jeremy to be like, you know, hooking up with a girl rather than him doing drugs. And I guess that it's the safer option. I mean, of course, he's not, at least he's not overdosing on drugs or something. But at the same time, I think he's 14 years old or 15 years old. To me, I just feel like, you know, Jeremy seems happy right now that he's with Vicky. But to me, it feels like it's just another distraction from his pain so obviously he's still hurting from his parents death understandably so it's only been you know four months um but i just feel like he swapped his drug habit to being obsessed with vicky now um but at the end of the day he's going to have to face his parents pain head on um yeah that was just a point that i had and jenna mentions that she's going on a date with logan and you know, we kind of saw in the previous episode, in the Founders Party, Jenna finally agrees to Logan and then they mentioned cheese fries. Cheese fries was what got to Jenna's heart. And Elena says she hasn't heard, heard Elena says she hasn't heard from Stefan in three days. So that's since the Founders Party. And he the last time he talked to her, he said that he has something to do. He couldn't be more vague you know and again there's Stefan with the terrible line so next Stefan is headed out he's preparing to head for school to see Elena you know he has this conversation with Zach and at least Stefan admits here that you know he hates lying so that's why he's been avoiding us so I guess because he probably knows that he's bad at lying and if he faces Elena now knowing that Damon's in the cell and everything he's not going to be able to make up a lie so that's probably why he's been avoiding her not even calling or contacting her but you know in the opening of the pilot episode Stefan mentions that he knows the risk but he has to know her so you know Stefan knew about Elena we don't know from when but yeah he knew Elena wanted to get to know her and, and fell in love with her but what are Stefan's plans exactly with Elena that's what I never knew because Yes, of course, he can fall in love with her, but she's a human, so she's going to age. Whereas Stefan is immortal, so he's going to be an eternal 17-year-old teenager. So I know it's like thinking too far into the whole plot, and it's just a TV show, but it really gets me to wonder, like, what would he plan to do if he never aged and he kept this lie for so many decades? Thank God he didn't have to because, you know, she finds out in this episode, but yeah... I don't know what he was planning on doing or if he was ever going to plan telling Elena that will remain a mystery, I guess. We have Caroline and Bonnie in Caroline's bedroom and Caroline's memories are all over the place um, since after the party. She's really all confused and Bonnie is on the bed and she kind of seems irritated at Caroline. Um, like, why did you let him do that? As in, like, why did you let him bite your neck? And... I don't think that she's really irritated at Caroline herself. I think it's more to the fact that Bonnie is concentrating on trying to light this candle, um, but she's not able to. So I kind of assumed that that's what she was more irritated at, the fact that she managed to light all those candles in the Lockwood house the other day, but now she can't even light this one candle. 
And we see another emphasis of the crystal necklace. So they do this close-up of the crystal necklace. Obviously, as I mentioned before, the Vampire Diaries series tends to do this a lot. When it comes to items that become crucial in the series later on, they film close-ups of it. That's why we had close-ups of the daylight ring, Elena's necklace, the crow, the pocket watch, and now this crystal necklace. So... Although Damon was the one that took it, I think he yeah, he put the necklace on Caroline. And because Caroline hasn't seen Damon since then, it's in her possession now. So she's hanging it on this like coat rack by the window. We are at the school and Caroline is mentioning to these random two girls um, about the sexy suds car wash. So the car wash is the event of this episode. So you probably noticed by now that Every episode, this town has some kind of event or party going on. So for a small town, they're actually pretty busy. You know, in the pilot, we had that, um, the whole teenagers gathering at the, in like the woods. The second episode was the night of the comet. The third episode was the football game. And then the last episode, we had the founders party. So there's a lot of events going on. And this is a recurring theme. So you'll, you'll see many, many parties and events. And Stefan appears, um, finally sees Elena after four days, and he says to Elena that he's sorry, but he had to deal with Damon. Elena says for four days, like seriously, and, you know, he could have at least sent a text, you know, he could have said, sorry, I've, I've got issues with Damon right now, or I'm trying to deal with him, I'll see you at school, you know, just one text, it's not even going to take a minute. Um, but because he's such a terrible liar, he obviously couldn't even do that. And, you know, Elena is actually really kind and she's willing to give him the chance to explain. So they're going to meet at the grill after school. Of course, it's the Mystic Grill because there's no other coffee shops or places to hang out that we've seen of this moment. And Caroline appears and she's asking Stefan where Damon is, saying that he really has some explaining to do, which is true because technically they were dating and he you know, left her after the party and she's not been in contact. So she's curious as to what's happened to him. And Stefan says that Damon's gone and he's not coming back. And he gives more of an explanation of Damon to Caroline than to Elena. Like, why couldn't he, he just said that to Elena as well? Like, you know, oh, sorry, like Damon, my brother has been abusive to your best friend. So I've got him to leave town or I've dealt with him. You know, he could have said anything, but you know, because he's so bad at lying, I guess he couldn't, you know, say anything to Elena about it. And we see that Elena kind of looks happy when Stefan says that. I kind of got the impression that she was glad that Damon had left town. The first scene of Stefan and Zach in this episode, Stefan specifically told Zach not to go to the basement because it's Damon, like we can't underestimate him. But of course, Zach goes down to the basement. He hears Damon coughing and, you know, just can't resist going down. And, you know, Zach said he came to say his goodbyes. He mentions that he's full of a vein, um, implying that, you know, Damon can't feed on him. And Zach mentions that he's put Vivain in his coffee for 16 years. And that made me curious as to what Zach's age is. So I did a little bit of research. I tried to find Zach's age and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, I'm guessing he's in his early 40s or late 30s, but I, yeah, I don't know. So it, it's really got me curious. So if any of you know how old Zach Salvador is, please let me know. You can let me know on 
Instagram or comment it or anything. And another thing I got curious about is what the vein coffee tastes like. Um, you should know by now that I am a caffeine addict. Black coffee is my thing. I'm drinking black coffee right now. Well, I drink it for every podcast. Um, I drink it all day. I love coffee. So I think I'd want to try the vein coffee. It's really got me thinking like, you know, what it tastes like. And you know, you can actually buy the vein on like Etsy and Amazon. So I'm thinking that in the future I should order it, try it out. Maybe I could do like a taste, the vein taste test video on YouTube or even on this podcast. So yeah, that is something that I will be doing in the future, hopefully. And Damon is saying that he'll even settle for Stefan's diet at this point, which means that he's so hungry for blood that he would settle for animal blood. Just any blood in his system would do him good. Um, We also find out that Damon knew about Zach's grandfather. And judging from the conversation, it seems that Damon visits the Salvatore boarding house regularly, you know, every couple of decades or something. And it really got me curious about the whole house deed because it's clear that Zach, well, Zach likes Stefan because Stefan is no harm to him. Uh, but Zach really, you know, dislikes Damon. So why did he invite Damon in? You know, of course, we know that vampires have to be invited into the house. So how was he invited? So that's something that they don't really show. They don't show Damon being invited into the house. But once Zach dies, any supernatural creature can enter the Salvador house, which means that the house was in Zach's name. So at some point, Zach would have had to invite Damon in. So I really wish we got a scene of that or like explaining it. And that got me under a rabbit hole of researching about the whole Salvador house. So as I mentioned earlier, the house that Stefan and Damon grew up in was a different house. It was like this white house and it didn't look like the current boarding house at all. So apparently the Salvador boarding house was built in 1914. Um, I don't know what happened to the original house though. So I'm going to, from rewatching the series, hopefully I can find that out. And there's no really explanation of invitation. Um, it only says that Zach is, was the current owner. So Damon would have had to have been invited prior to the series or like, I don't know, a decade ago or something. And, you know, Damon uses the last bits of his strength to try to choke Zack and to get him to unlock the door. But of course, Stefan is back to save Zack. And, um, you know, Stefan actually encourages Damon. He says, keep it up because the more strength he uses, the faster he'll go. So obviously he's running on very low energy right now. So he needs to sustain it to survive and to not turn into a corpse, living corpse. But if he uses it all up, he's not going to have any strength left. Another thing I wanted to mention is we see them enter the school, like, you know, Stefan, Caroline and Elena, but we don't have any scenes of them in class, probably because they killed off the only teacher that we've seen, Mr. Tanner. So it just skips to after school. You know, we see Stefan after school rescuing Zach. And next we see Matt and Elena at the Mystic Grill. And Matt and Elena are talking about the whole Vicky and Jeremy situation, saying that it's weird. And to think of it, it is like they're ex-boyfriends and girlfriends, and then they're 
brother and sister are dating now so it is kind of awkward but I guess because it's a small town these things are bound to happen and we find out that Stefan is one hour late wow I can't believe it and he doesn't even have the nerve to let her know to give her a heads up that he's gonna be late you know so in my books I think Elena's being pretty cool about it and Matt seems to want to just be friends with Elena and he mentions that it's not like we were best friends or anything so from this context we can see that before Matt and Elena dated they were obviously very close childhood friends and Matt you know even if he can't be with Elena he wants to continue this friendship the friendship that they've had and so Elena asks Matt what he thinks of Stefan and Elena says that Stefan is secretive, you know, she thinks he's hiding something and she she wants to know. The more he hides it, the more curious it makes her to be. And, you know, Matt jokes around saying, you know, it's not like he's a serial killer. Well, technically vampires are serial killers. Well, obviously it depends on their diet, but Damon is a full-on serial killer, okay? He's draining bodies of blood left and right. Um, maybe Stefan isn't, or maybe he was before hint hint <laughs> yeah i don't want to let out too many spoilers though so we'll leave it at that and matt says that stefan is great at football and he's a loner and you know he hates to admit it but stefan is actually a nice guy so his tone has definitely changed because in the pilot episode we see him kind of being a jerk and kind of mad at elena um, for breaking up with him but he's starting to accept it now and he just wants to move on and continue to be friends he's being pretty cool about it and it's so ironic because you know Matt didn't like Stefan and then Bonnie had doubts about Stefan when she touched his hand and now everyone is approving of Stefan it's Elena that is starting to carry these doubts and is worried about what kind of secrets he's hiding and we see Stefan appear he apologizes for being late and he says, there was this thing with my uncle. Again, he's back at it with the terrible lying. I mean, like I said before, couldn't he at least call or, you know, shoot a text saying, sorry, I'm, things are getting held up. I'm with my uncle. I'll be there soon. You know, at least something or just change the time. And even Elena mentions this too. And she really kept her cool because if that was me, I would definitely not have as much patience i would call i would i would call multiple times and if there's no answer i'd probably leave um or i would be worried like if something actually happened like an accident or something and that's why he got caught up so elena is looking pretty fed up and she says to stefan what is it that is so awful that you're afraid to tell me well she's got a lot coming for her because it's the fact that he's a vampire and obviously he's afraid to tell her but he needs to be better at lying okay and then we have this scene where this old man appears out of nowhere and he looks at Stefan and he's staring at Stefan and he says I know you and he says you haven't aged a day and Stefan is saying oh sorry you must have got the wrong person but we find out later that the old man was right he did see Stefan before and in reality, if this happened in real life and like an elderly person, you know, came up and says that they know this person, it can be considered a mistake because, you know, 
of the old age. But because of all this mystery behind Stefan and the fact that he keeps lying and keeping secrets, Elena is kind of creeped out and she's done with Stefan's vagueness and she just leaves. And even after Elena is left, we still see this man staring at Stefan like he's seen a ghost. We have another scene at the grill. So, you know, the Mystic Grill really is the hangout place for all ages, for the teenagers, for the adults. And Logan is asking Sheriff Forbes if there's been, you know, any update, any update on the vampires. And Sheriff Forbes is mentioning that there's no sign of them. There's no sign of habitat. They searched all the abandoned buildings and warehouses. They haven't found anything. So Logan suggests private residences. He also says that someone who only comes out at night should be obvious. So, you know, although in the previous episode we find out that the town knows of vampires, it's clear that their knowledge is really mixed up. Their knowledge isn't 100% accurate. They don't know about the daylight rings, which is a good thing for the vampires because as long as they're walking in daylight and, you know, the sheriff and the founding family see them, they're not going to be suspicious of them. They won't be considered a vampire. So they're really stuck here. You know, they're trying to find the vampires, but they can't find anything. There's no clues or hints. So Sheriff Forbes asks of the Gilbert Watch. So well, we kind of guessed it at the end of the episode, but... This just confirms again that this watch has something to do with vampires. It's obviously a weapon or maybe it's a tool to find where vampires are. And she mentions that this watch is passed down to each generation. So she recommends that Logan starts that Logan start with Jeremy to get this watch. And we see Jenna arrive to meet with Logan and he looks so so fake and I can't believe it like even the sheriff and like the Lockwoods probably know that Logan is just playing with Jenna to get this watch and I really feel bad for Jenna because you know obviously it took uh, a lot of time to kind of grieve over their breakup you know he cheated on her and he's she's agreeing to reconcile and kind of meet up and chat and catch up and I just don't want her heart to get broken again so yeah, I just don't like Logan. I hope that, you know, even though he has this mission to get the watch, that he actually has some kind of feelings for Jenna. We have Elena sulking, upset in her bedroom. Whereas on the other hand, Jeremy really genuinely looks happy and cheerful. So the tables have turned. And Jeremy suggests to Elena that she should maybe get something to eat, which she actually does. And she goes downstairs, she thinks Jenna is cooking, and she's surprised to see Stefan. And one thing I'd like to point out is, if I was upset and sulking in bed, and, well, of course I don't have a sibling, so I don't know, but if someone suggested to me you should get something to eat, I probably wouldn't listen to them straight away and just head to the kitchen. Um, but of course, because this is a TV show, everything has to go according to the storyline. Um, so anyway, Stefan is cooking chicken parmesan. Yuck, I'm sorry, I, I don't like chicken parmesan. Um, but anyways, you know, Stefan is saying that, um, you know, he can even make his own mozzarella. And I can't copy the pronunciation, but he says it in this, he says it in like an Italian pronunciation, Italian accent, I guess. And in this episode, they're really pushing the whole Italian roots thing, which will come up later on in the car wash as well. And Stefan says, you know, if you're going to dump me, um, you should at least get to know the person you're dumping. 
and first of all he begins talking about Catherine. He says that Catherine was the most beautiful girl that he ever met. She has olive skin, she has this special laugh, she was fun, but at the same time she was also very selfish and impulsive. And obviously I've watched the series, so I know Catherine's personality and it really describes her. It really does. So he described her well, that's exactly what she's like which you will of course see later on or you know if you've seen the series already you'll know Catherine's personality. We quickly skip to a scene where Vicky and Jeremy are in the bedroom and here we find out that it was Jeremy that organized the whole dinner thing which is actually really sweet and it's found that Vicky stole Elena's pills so these pills were from the car accident and she then tries to use the watch to is it grind it like I'm not really aware of drugs, um, drug vocabulary or like actions. I don't really get what she's trying to do. If she's trying to like crush the pills and I don't know why she's trying to crush them. Um, obviously I'm very oblivious to the whole drug world. So um, I don't know what she's trying to do, but it's just, it's a huge no-no. Okay, it's a huge red flag. First she steals the pills from the car accident, which killed their parents. Then she's using the heirloom to crush them. And, you know, Jeremy says that he feels like they're always getting high. And I kind of feel a difference between the drug taking or the drug use of Vicky and Jeremy. So for Vicky, I feel that she's genuinely an addict or she genuinely likes taking drugs. Whereas for Jeremy, I don't think he was ever a drug addict. I think it was more of he was using substances to numb the pain that he was going through. But now he has Vicky, he doesn't need it anymore. So I think I mentioned earlier how he's just switched his substance use to replace it with love. So at the end of the day, well, he might genuinely like Vicky, but I feel that it's another way to block the pain that he's facing from the loss of his parents. And we head down to the kitchen and Stefan is talking about his favorite books and TV shows and music. And he mentions the TV show, I Love Lucy. Of course, me being Lucy, I've always been curious of this TV show, but I've never watched it. And he talks about his favorite music. He says he even listens to a little Kanye and even that one Miley song. So I'm not quite sure which song he was talking about. So this was released in 2009 and I'm pretty sure that that was when Miley released Party in the USA or I don't know like I can't find of a song I can't think of a song of Miley's that's like controversial during that time I get it if it was like the Wrecking Ball song which was in like 2013 was it or like We Can't Stop because that was very controversial at the time the whole music videos and the whole transformation from like a Disney pop star but that generation Miley, I can't think of any songs that were like super bad or super controversial. Maybe it was Party in the USA. Elena mentions that she's not going to eat garlic unless Stefan does. And it kind of feels like a test because from our point of view, we know that Stefan is a vampire. And the usual test to see if someone is a vampire or not, like a typical test, is if they can eat garlic or not. But... Um, of course, in this series, it seems that the vampires can eat and function normally. And Elena gets some... Elena accidentally cuts a finger when cutting up things. And Stefan has some of her blood, I think, was it, on his finger. 
and he gets the whole vampire's thing again. Elena sees his face in the reflection. She thinks she sees something, which she does. Um, he looks away. Um, you know, he could have at least pretended to wipe his eye because he says that, oh, it must have been something in my eye. And if you're going to tell a lie, tell it good, you know. Don't leave it halfway through, you know, at least pretend to wipe your eye. And so Elena thinks that her paranoia has full-blown into hallucinations. And then Stefan says, that's part of your charm. What the fuck? I really don't get that. Like, why he would say that her hallucinating, that she's seeing things which is actually real, is part of her charm. So that was a random script line, I'd say. That was a very random line. We have a scene of Damon in the cell and he's looking even more weaker than earlier and he keeps saying Caroline, Caroline, Caroline and we see Caroline in her bedroom on the phone talking about the whole car wash and organizing it and there's a crow at Caroline's window and I know I mentioned at the beginning how this crow disappears in season one but from re-watching it this time and really like analyzing every scene the crow was in the series way more than i expected yeah it's really surprising because even though i've re-watched the series many times i don't analyze every single scene whereas for this podcast i'm literally like pausing every minute reading the script and like looking at every moment so i really start to like notice these whole loopholes or things that i didn't know before which is just really funny there's another plot hole because I don't think this happens later on in the series, but it seems that Damon is able to compel or kind of like control Caroline from a distance, which I never saw happen later on. Well, I don't know, maybe through rewatching, I'll find this thing happen again. But yeah, I just thought that that was something that only appeared in this episode from my memory. And Stefan is back from his dinner with Elena and he goes to, to check on Damon. And Damon mentions to Stefan that his lies will only catch up with him and which is a very true one-liner as I mentioned earlier you know even if Stefan and Elena are happily dating and they're in high school together eventually she's gonna find out you know it could be because of age that Stefan never ages and Elena notices or it could be that she finds him feeding on blood or you know there's plenty of ways that this whole vampire, the secret of him being a vampire could be found out. So, you know, there's only a certain limit as to when he can continue lying and she will eventually find out. The major event of the episode has begun. So it's the car wash and the music they play is so nostalgic. The song name was Don't Trust Me. Oh my God, that was like my early teenage years. Like the music is just so nostalgic. This song came out when I was like 12 years old. So... It's about 12 years old now. Or oh, wait, maybe it's older actually. Maybe it came out when I was like 10. But anyways, it's been very long <laughs> since the songs came out. And we can see that Elena and Stefan aren't dressed so sexy, I guess. They're wearing many layers. Um, Elena is, you know, Elena has this scene where she's awkwardly trying to take off her top and it's getting cat caught in like her hair and everything. And we see Matt in the background. He's clearly still pining so he's not over elena yet but i guess he's just managing to conceal it from elena like he wants to continue a friendship so he obviously clearly still has feelings for her but 
he's putting them behind in front of Elena so he can have a friendship. But in reality, he's still pining over her. And Tiki is featured for the first and last time this episode. We've never seen Tiki before, but clearly she's like a close friend of theirs, I guess, because we hear Matt calling her Teeks, like a nickname. Um, but she's never featured again afterwards. And Tiki is like, you know, one of the mean ones in this episode. First of all, um, Bonnie says, like, you're next for this car or something. And Tiki insults the car and the owner, saying, like, the car is a POS. And that even if she washed it, you know, it's not going to make a difference. And then Bonnie stares at the water hose that Tiki is holding. And all of a sudden, the water just explodes everywhere. And the water explodes all over Tiki's face. We see that Bonnie is able to light candles, but it seems that she's able to control objects as well. And we have Logan presenting. Um, he's reporting the news. He's saying that the car wash, all of the money earned from the car wash will be in proceeds to Mr. Tanner. And I don't know if that's appropriate because, you know, we have underage teenagers dressed in bikinis and like topless guys. And the proceeds are going to their former teacher. Another questionable thing is, you know, Jenna says, of course, you're going to get the footage of all the girls in their bikinis. And then Logan says 53% of Americans watch television with the sound off. Um, I don't really know what he's trying to say with that. And I, I have some assumptions, but I don't want to say it. So let's just say it's, it's inappropriate. But we see that Jenna and Logan are kind of, you know, getting along. So I guess they had a successful lunch date. And we have Elena and Stefan at the car wash. Um, Elena suggests to Stefan that he takes um, the ring off because obviously he has this big, huge daylight ring on his finger. And, you know, the obvious thing to do if you're going to be in a car wash would be to take off jewelry. So it's clearly understandable that she's worried why he won't take it off. He talks about the ring and he's saying it's like a family crest or something, was it? From the Italian Renaissance. So here we are again, really pushing the Italian roots thing. I mean, his surname is Salvatore. So when I first heard his surname Salvatore, I guessed that he was Italian. Um, in Japan, they have this like huge chain of Italian restaurants and the name is Salvatore or Salvatore. So I kind of knew that he was of Italian roots. And he mentions that the stone in the daylight ring is called lapis lazuli. And this is the stone that is used for the daylight rings. So all the daylight rings or like daylight jewelry that you will see on the vampires will have this stone inside it. I mean, I know that I'm a 24 year old. I'm going to be 25 in like three months. But part of me really still wants to get like a replica of like the daylight rings of the vampire diaries. And they sell them on Etsy. They sell pretty good stuff on Etsy, you guys. Like Vervain, Vampire Diaries merch, and those kind of things. And even on Sheen, you can find rings that look like the daylight rings. It's probably a little cringy for like a mid-twenties girl to be wearing like a replica daylight ring or like wearing Vampire Diaries merch. But I just really love this show, you guys. So I probably end up buying something. And again... You'll know it, but if I buy it, I will let you guys know. And I'll be posting it on Instagram. And we see the crow is now at the car wash. So the crow is watching Caroline again. And 
Caroline kind of goes into the school in the hallway to fetch some towels or something, and she sees Damon in the hallway. The old man that we see in the Mystic Grill is at this car wash now, and he um, he chats with Elena, and he mentions that he saw Stefan in early June 1953. He specifically remembers the, the month and the year, so he has pretty good memory because I don't think that I'd be able to recall like every past memory of like the exact month and year. Um, so good memory. We know that he isn't lying because he also mentions about a brother, Damon. And he says that he saw them when he was staying at the boarding house. He saw Stefan. And um, at that time, his uncle got killed. So Elaine is like, wait, Uncle Zach? But then... The old guy corrects her and says that it's Uncle Joseph that got killed. And this uncle got killed by an animal. So we're at it with the animal attacks again that are very so prominent in Mystic Falls. And we can guess that the animal that killed the Uncle Joseph was in fact a demon. Elena is looking really shocked and terrified and really freaked out. And... We see Tiki, you know, Tiki, the mean girl, appear. And we find out that this old guy is actually Tiki's grandfather. And she says this one-liner that is unbelievable. But she says, I'm sorry if he bothered you. He's a little Alzheimer. Like, who says that? Um, so, yeah. Um, you know, Tiki is clearly just, you know, the mean girl this episode. She's featured in so many scenes. And it's funny how the old guy ended up being her grandfather. So random. But, you know, from this conversation, Elena is freaked out and she feels that she needs to know more. And she does find out more, but we will talk about that in a minute. So Vicky is leading Jeremy to the cemetery and she introduces him to her friends. And we've never seen these friends before they clearly don't look like high school students so i'm guessing that they're older they're in their like early 20s or mid 20s and i guess they're like a group of friends that just get high together and do drugs yeah jeremy clearly doesn't look comfortable of this situation at all but because he likes vicky he's like just sticking with it i guess clearly from this conversation elena is spooked out um from speaking with the the old man, which we know now is Tiki's grandfather, and she needs to know more. So she approaches Jenna and Logan, and Elena says that she needs to look at some archives for a school report. And Logan agrees to help Elena if Jenna agrees to have dinner with him. So he's clearly using this as an opportunity to gain leverage over Jenna. Jenna says, well, you can eat leftovers. <laughs> and Elaine and Logan head to the news station. She mentions to Jenna, though, that she doesn't want Caroline or Stefan to know she left. I'm guessing she doesn't want Caroline to know she left because then it looks like she's slacking off and leaving the event. And for Stefan, I guess it's because she's really curious and she needs to know what is the secret behind Stefan. So she doesn't want him knowing that she's snooping around. Um, of course, she has nothing to worry about when it comes to Caroline because Caroline is in a trance and she is headed to the Salvador house. I guess that this is like, you know, a small town in Virginia, but my impression is that the boarding house is a little far away from the center of the town. Like, that's just my image. Um, so I don't know how long she's been walking, like how many minutes, but she arrives. She finds Damon in the cell and she looks really confused. She's like, you know, how did I 
find you here? How did I know you were going to be here? And I don't remember this sort of compulsion happening at all. I finished watching True Blood last month, and in True Blood, they have this thing where your vampire creator, so you're basically called a progeny, and then there's like the creator of you, like the vampire that created you. They can summon their progenies, the vampires they've created. Um, so then they're like in a trance and like pulled towards that vampire, but I've never seen it happen with vampires and humans. Like I said, I don't remember this sort of like compulsion from a distance thing happening, like this kind of like summoning thing, but as I'm going to be re-watching and analyzing every episode, maybe I'll find out something. Um, maybe we might see if this happens again. We don't know. And even though Damon is weak, he manages to compel her to open the door to unlock it. Um, but Zack stops them. But Zack stops Caroline at the last moment. And he tries to hold the door, but Damon manages to escape. And he snaps Zack's neck. That was such a quick death. I mean, I know he wasn't a main character, but he was sort of like, you know, he was sort of like a major role because he was their only family member and he just got killed off so quickly. But neck snaps are actually like a frequent way to kill off people in the Vampire Diaries. So you'll see a lot more neck snaps. And um, Caroline is, is, of course, running away. And she manages to get outside. So Damon is chasing her, but because he doesn't have his daylight ring, he sizzles. And this sizzling sound is another sound that we will hear very often in the Vampire Diaries. It's the sound effect used when a vampire is exposed to sunlight without the daylight ring. And because he's only in the sunlight for like a short couple of seconds, he doesn't burn to death. It's just like a small sizzle and he heals up basically, as long as he's back in the shadows. And... um. I really feel that they should have made a stronger door. So they have these cells in the basement to lock, you know, vampires or like humans, like whatever up. But there's only like one latch. So yeah, I think that they should have like made the door stronger. Like even after putting Damon inside, they could have like put more locks on or something. So it was a pretty easy escape. And this is also the last episode of The Crow. So I know that I analyze every scene but somehow I managed to miss the scene of the crow. And from reading about like the summaries of the episode and listening to other rewatch podcasts, I found out that the crow was dead on the floor, um, which means that Damon killed off the crow. Maybe he was so hungry that he fed on the crow. Maybe he was so hungry that he fed on the crow. I clearly missed this and I'm sad about that. So I'm going to have to rewatch it after recording this podcast to find the dead crow. And... As I mentioned earlier, because Zack is dead, this means that now any vampire or supernatural creature can be invited into the Salvador house with, you know, no invitation. So if I was a vampire, I would actually prefer to have a human and like compel them to invite me in and not let anyone else in. Or you could just have like a family member, if you have anyone, be the owner of the house. Because... um it's pretty dangerous, you know, if anyone could come into the house now. If you have vampire enemies and then the vampires are stronger than you, then you clearly, you know, want to have a safe fortress away from them. So, yeah, we just, you know, Zack was gone in such a blur. It was so surprising. Like, it was such a quick neck snap and he's gone now. So now it's just Damon and Stefan for the Salvador. 
Back at the car wash, Tiki has taken charge because Caroline has left and she's trying to boss Bonnie around by saying that Bonnie's on sweeper duty, but Bonnie is just not having it. She is so done with Tiki's attitude and rightfully so. So Bonnie is in like this sort of trance and she sets a fire and it starts to spread and spread and spread. And, you know, she's stuck in his trance, like she's really focused on the fire. And it's actually Stefan that helps release her from this trance and helps her. And from his facial expression, I can kind of guess that Stefan really genuinely wants to help Barney and he's worried about her. And because he's lived for so long and was talking about the Salem witches previously, I'm guessing, well actually I know, that he knows of witches. Obviously, if you know vampires exist in this supernatural world, there's obviously witches as well. And they probably know of each other's existences. And, you know, Bonnie is looking really shaken. Like, she can't believe that she did that. And she's asking Stefan to kind of, like, keep it a secret and to not tell anyone. So even though she wanted to, I guess, do something or she was angry at Tiki, I think she didn't realize the extent of to which her powers were. Um, so Elena and Logan arrive at the news station and Logan is called to report some news about the fire and... Um, Obviously, it's the fire which Bonnie started. And then Logan says, can you believe there's actual news to report? Well, actually, I think that quite a lot has happened in the space of what has it been? Like two or three weeks, there's been five animal attacks. Um, you know, the death of like a teacher at the football game, which was an animal attack, and then this fire. So there's actually quite a lot of news to report. And Logan has no need to worry because there's going to be more and more news to report in this town throughout the series. So Elena is sort of like, you know, left to herself to research. Okay, so I just switched to recording outside. So sorry if it's a little noisy, but um, we're back at the cemetery and Vicky and Jeremy are there with Vicky's friends. Everyone seems stoned or like high. And Vicky throws some pills to a person called Tony, which is one of her friends. And the pills are Elena's pills that we saw early in the episode, the pills that were given to her after the parents' accident. And Jeremy is super mad about this, and rightfully so. But the reason why he's mad is kind of different to the reason that I would be mad if I was in his place. He's more mad about the fact that Elena will get mad if she notices the pills that are gone. But I would be more mad at the fact that, you know, Vicky went behind his back and stole these pills. So of course he's mad and he walks off, he's done with it, and he calls Vicky's friends a waste of space small town lifers. And, you know, Vicky retaliates by saying that Jeremy is just this kid who lives in a big house acting out because his parents died. It's a recurring theme during like the first episodes where, you know, Elaine and Jeremy's sadness of their parents' death is being played down. And, you know, because it's been four months, like they're supposed to get over it. You know, that's how Mr. Tanner's attitude was as well, which I really disagree with. Um, you know, there's no time limit for grieving, basically. But she does make some realistic talk about how there's like a class difference between the Gilberts and the Donovans. And, you know, even in the previous episode, if you notice all of the main characters' families, like the Gilberts, the Forbes, they were invited to the Founders Party. And of course, the Lockwoods are like the mayors of the town and they have been for so long. Um, but you'll see that Matt wasn't invited and neither was Vicky. Vicky had to be invited by Tyler as a date. So they weren't invited to the Founders Party. They're not a founding family. So I think that in this 
small town, there's really like a difference in class, and the founding families are like higher up in the hierarchy. So she did make a realistic point there. So back with Elena in the news station, she's on the computer. She's researching the death of Joseph Salvatore, and she finds a video of the actual crime scene. And we see that the news reporter is called Franklin Fell, and you'll know that the current news reporter for Mystic Falls is Logan Fell. So it's really a recurring theme how the founding families seem to take the same jobs. We saw in the previous episode how. The previous mayors were the Lockwoods. The previous sheriffs were the Forbes. So it's like a recurring theme that they take the same occupation, which I thought was interesting. And we see Joseph's corpse being pulled out, and Elena zooms in because there's like this guy in the shadows, and she sees Stefan's face. And if that was me, I would be really freaked out. Like imagine. You know this person that you think is the same age as you, who looks exactly the same, like over fifty years ago, hiding in the shadows, literally hiding in the shadows, which he says in his opening. And I think, you know, she realizes that what the old grandfather, Tiki's grandfather, was saying was real. That, you know, Stefan hasn't aged a day since the nineteen fifties. We we are coming to the end of the episode, and this wonderful song starts playing. The name of the song is "Beauty of the Dark." Yet again, another perfect song. I really love it. I know that from some podcasts I've listened to, some people don't like the song choices in the Vampire Diaries, but this is another song that I love. And、um, lots happens while this song is playing.、Um, so first of all, we see. Caroline upset in bed, so she's upset about Damon, and her mom comes in genuinely worried about her. But Caroline gives some attitude. Yet again, there's like you know still a rift between Caroline and her mom, and she says if she wanna talks boys, she'll call her dad. So I think that she's you know. Even though Caroline is perceived as like this really bitchy character, and I said I don't really like her because she's like the typical mean girl.、Um, It's clear she holds some resentment towards her mom, and she's going through her own issues. You know, her parents' divorce, and you know, we don't really see her suffering that much. She's good at hiding it, but I think deep down she has some issues, family issues herself. We skip to the Salvador house, and Stefan is back. He finds Zach dead, and he's saying like, "No, Zach!" And then he's holding Zach, and oh my gosh, so much stuff happens while this song is playing.、Um, then we have Elena back in her house. She's writing. She's saying she's not a believer. So believers in like believing in vampires or mystical creatures, I guess. And we have a shot of the crystal being emphasized again,、um, the necklace. So obviously, this is going to become even more important and prominent throughout the next episodes.、Um, we have Bonnie knock on the door, and we see Bonnie's grandma for the first time. And I think Bonnie's grandma is like a pretty famous actress. I haven't seen her in other TV series, but yeah, I'm pretty sure she's she's pretty well known. And she's saying to her grandma, like, "What's happening to me?" And then her grandma embraces her and welcomes her in. And then, oh yes, then we're in the Gilbert residence, and Logan is sneaking into Jeremy's room. He's got the pocket watch, you guys. So the Gilbert watch has been taken by Logan, and he walks out, and Jeremy. Bumps into him, so Logan says he's heading to the bathroom. But we see Jeremy kind of looks suspicious, and. Then finally, oh my gosh, I can't believe they fitted so much in the ending scene. But in the end, Elena is talking, and there's like a montage of all the scenes where Stefan has done like 
suspicious actions. So let's see, there's some, Elena is talking over the montage saying like someone who never gets old and then someone who heals. And then we have his eyes change and then girls bitten, bodies drained. And then there's the scene where Matt is saying that Vicky said it was a vampire that attacked her. And that's where I think Elena like clicks and realizes that Stefan is a vampire. Like I think she might not have figured out he was a vampire or, or she might have, but the fact that Vicky said it was a vampire just really pieced up all the whole puzzle together basically. So that is what happened while that song was playing. So much stuff happened and the music stops. So Vicky goes to put back on the music in the car and Damon is there. He's coughing. He's pretending to act weak. So Vicky approaches him and then yet again, he attacks her. So it's the second time she's been attacked by him or third time. I don't know. Like I can't even count at this point. Um, she literally just healed, but she is attacked again. Um, Stefan grabs a stake from the drawers. So this is the first time we see a stake in this series. So it's a wooden stake. So... I guess he was planning on not killing Damon. He was planning on just putting him in the crypt and reevaluating, like he said. But because he killed Zach, their relative, I think Stefan is like really ready to kill Damon now. And he's heading to kill him, but he opens the door and Elena is there. And we end with the episode with Elena saying, What are you? And then that is the end of the episode. Okay, it's super windy right now. I'm recording outside because this is the only place I could record right now. But um, so yeah, sorry about the noise. But that was such an epic ending. Like the ending really, like I just want to watch the episode, the next episode straight away. Even though I've already watched the series, it gives you that feeling every time that you just want to binge watch the series. And it's really starting to kick into like a supernatural series now. And, you know, just in that, music moment like I said like when the song Beauty of the Dark was playing so much stuff happened with each character like it's not just the whole Elena Stefan vampire storyline but it's the fact that you know Bonnie is realizing that she has some serious powers so she's on her journey of discovering her witch side and you know there's also Logan stealing the watch it makes you wonder like what are they going to do is the watch going to be used on Stefan or Damon you know so much stuff happens it's really getting good and that's what i really love about the vampire diaries like i myself love the old school like 22 episodes per season kind of thing you know like how streaming series nowadays like emily in paris or like you they're usually like eight episodes or ten episodes but they're like one hour long which i don't like i prefer the old school 40 minute 22 episode per season kind of theme but I would say that the problem with those series was there's sometimes like episodes in between which were pretty boring, like filler episodes, but you don't get that with the Vampire Diaries. Like Vampire Diaries, like every episode something happens. It really, it really keeps you watching. And I'm so, so excited to, I always say this every time, but I'm just so excited to watch the next episode and like, evaluate it and like really you know go through each segment and dissect it uh, so yes that leads to our best and worst character segment and this time it was pretty hard to choose my best character um 
some people would probably choose Zack because he died and they feel bad for him. But I'm gonna have to go with Elena. Elena's my favorite because um, we really find her like piecing everything together and finding out that Stefan is a vampire. And I guess she's she's my favorite character, so I'm gonna have to go with Elena. And for worst character, it's really hard to choose between Logan and Tiki. But I'm gonna have to go with Tiki because she was like this pointless character who was only used for this episode. Um, and she was mean to Bonnie, she was mean to her grandpa, and she was mean to the random guy with the, P the so-called POS car. So she's my least favorite character. Yeah. So that is the end of season one, episode five. The next episode... Okay, the next episode, season one, episode six, the episode title is Lost Girls. And, well, this is, it's not a mini spoiler, but I already know what this next episode about is about. I already know what this next episode is about. And the next episode, we finally get to see some flashbacks of when Stefan and Damon were a human. And I think the next episode is the first appearance of Catherine. So I'm really, really looking forward to seeing that because Catherine is actually one of my favorite characters so right now as of everyone who's appeared I like Elena but I actually prefer Catherine um she's the best villain well there, there is other good villains but I don't want to spoil it so yes I like the flashback scenes like they're filmed really well and because I love like historical dramas and like periodic dramas it just really matches my whole preference and aesthetic so i'm so excited to dissect this with you guys and i will see you next sunday so i just want to give a huge thank you to anyone who has supported my podcast we're growing very very slowly but there are people that are listening so i really appreciate it and our instagram is at the mystic podcast our twitter account is at the mystic pod i'd say we're more active on instagram so you can you know follow our socials for updates also please rate and subscribe follow to our podcast we are on spotify and apple podcast right now i'm going to end this episode with my favorite song this time which was beauty of the dark and by the way when i finish each season i'm thinking of doing like recaps or like roundups of each season like best moments worst moments and best music worst music so i'll have like an episode dedicated to the music of each season but for now i'll just introduce my favorite songs for each podcast and this podcast has been a record one hour long podcast so i will try to shorten it down and yeah i'll see you next sunday the